Hello and welcome to BiPositive. These are your hosts, Mari and MD. And today we'll be talking about something that our listeners might be worried about, something that maybe some of our listeners wish their parents had worried about when they were smaller, how to raise a queer child. Which might also be interesting for people who don't listen to us usually. (laughs) Yeah. So what do we know about mental well-being and coming out to the family? It's pretty clear there's a pretty positive correlation between uh, acceptance and mental health outcomes, unsurprisingly. I have some stats. Of course, these are quite old. These are from 2009, which, believe it or not, was 10 years ago. Uh, according to one study, 79% of sexual minority youth have come out to at least one parent, while 61.2% have come out to at least one sibling, and 64.5% to at least one extended family member. Another study shows that the family response to this kind of disclosure differs depending on factors such as race and ethnicity, as well as overall cultural level, levels of acceptance. And there's a lot of literature describing how coming out can improve mental health outcomes and help the individual embrace their minority identity, as well as how family acceptance plays a crucial role in both of these processes. Basically, what it boils down to is that if your kid comes out to you, there is a high chance that their well-being will depend on the way you respond. Of course, it's not the only factor, but it's quite important. And the people we see in our practice, the queer clients we see, a lot of the times negative coming out experiences to the family especially are correlated with more distress, more anxiety, mm-hmm. more depression, sometimes homelessness, sometimes having to you know, skip down and go somewhere else and try to find a family of their own if their birth family rejects them. It's about how to handle the coming out itself. Mm. And then also what happens next. Yeah. And also not all coming out are the same because there's one thing about coming out as gay or lesbian. It's different to come out as bi and it's even different to come a bi or pan. It's even different to come out as transgender or non-binary, which is important because the more well-known is the identity the person the kids identify with the easiest and i quote unquote that the coming out will be or the most likely the parents are going to know what it's about yeah and so of course so therefore there are a little less risks i think a lot of it boils down to education because a lot of parents only start educating themselves after their child comes out to them mm-hmm. you know because the default is straight and cis a lot of the times parents either deny the obvious signs or don't even know and then only seek to educate themselves after their kid comes out to them. And sometimes, of course, you know, coming out ends up in heartbreak. Sometimes parents tend to overcompensate by like joining PFLAG and and being all super gay friendly around the kid's peers and stuff, which can also be a little distressing. So how do you balance, you know, showing your support with acting like a normal human being. <laughs> there's a human rights campaign, the Human Rights Campaign Foundation, uh, there's a report on caring for LGBTQ children and youth. Mm-hmm. It's uh, pretty full of resources. It's really like it's America, uh, American-oriented. Yeah. The stats that you, you gave, and I mean, not exactly the same, but mm-hmm. basically the idea is that if 67% of Non-LGBTQ youth are likely to say that they're happy. Mm-hmm. Only uh, only 37% of LGBTQ youth will say they're happy. Mm-hmm. There are other studies also that show that the more acceptance there is, the less mental health issues there are, and also suicide. 
especially mm -hmm. among transgender adolescents. I think another important thing to note is that in the first study that I cited, they also had a breakdown of percentages as to like who the kids came out to. And the one statistic I didn't mention is I think it was around 75% of queer kids have come out to their friends. So mm -hmm. it's a larger number than those who have, who have come out to their family, meaning that kids nowadays feel like they're more likely to find acceptance and understanding among their peers rather than the people who raise them or the people that they are familiarly close with. So if you are a parent and listening to us, that you are apparently, uh, I mean, I think kind of, at least open-minded or want to try to understand your kid. If your kid, you think your kid is queer, but he, they haven't come out yet, just don't push them. Yeah. Inform yourself. There are, even like in the, in the report that I, I, I talked about, there is like a few uh, useful uh, terms to know, a glossary, so that you know what to, when they're talking about. Understand the concept they're going to probably at one point discuss with you, and you can make them understand in a subtle way that you're okay by creating an inclusive atmosphere in the family, by, you know, being completely okay watching queer characters on TV or discussing them, or, or creating that kind of opportunities for your kid to feel safe and that it's safe to come out. When they will eventually come out, if they're actually queer, just never say, oh, I knew. Yeah, that is, I think, the worst thing. I mean, it's better than rejection. I, I mean, of course, besides rejection. But I think a lot of people think that it's comforting. It's like, oh, I already knew, you know, don't worry about it. But actually, coming out for a lot of people, most people, is a very nerve-wracking experience. Mm -hmm. So by saying, oh, I already knew, you shouldn't have bothered, you're negating all of this tension, all of this anxiety, all the fears that this person went through basically making them feel like they worried for nothing. They, they, their anxiety was invalid. I know it comes from a good place for the mm. most part, um, but just don't do it. Hear the person out. Hear out their side of the story. Also, don't assume just solely based on the label that they use for themselves because labels mean different things to different people. And also, ask them. Ask them what it means for them. And also, don't presume because labels change. Labels shift. A lot of the times, you know, our parents were raised in a different generation and different terms were politically acceptable at the time. Mm. So even that might be a point of contention that needs to be addressed. It's, yeah, it's about accepting. It's about communicating with, with the kids. Um, and then if you want to understand better, you can have support because you have, you're going to have groups of uh, parents of queer children in your area, you can have resources online. Um, when you're isolated, it's pretty, actually pretty easy to find, um, to talk with parents who have the same kind of experience. And also, it's really about examining your beliefs and your prejudice, mm. because you might think you're okay. Oh, you're okay with the idea, or, okay, I'm okay, I think it's, I'm okay with my kid, uh, I'm okay that they're bi, but if you could actually be from one of the opposite gender, it would be easier. And yes, I, I mean, I'm a parent. I understand what it is to be worried for your kid and that their life is going to be harder. Let's be honest. But yeah, it's harder to be queer today. But it will be even harder for your kid to conceal who they are. And if they're non-monosexual, 
they might end up in a straight passing relationship, at least for some time, or not. And it shouldn't make any difference for you. And that requires to, yeah, to work on your beliefs. A lot of kids, especially teenagers, when they come out, they're afraid of how their coming out would influence their parents' reputation as well. So you need to make sure that your kid doesn't feel scared to come out just because your local church group won't accept you anymore or the neighbor will look at you weird. And if there's a real consequence, because we're in the real world, you can jeopardize a career in some situation, you can discuss that with your kid. Yeah, and I think also give your kid enough credit. Mm -hmm. If they're a teenager, if they're above the age of, say, 14 or 15, perhaps they know how to take care of themselves, at least without you having to intrude upon their life. But if it's a young kid, and some kids come out really young, some kids show signs of being queer really young, like gender nonconformity and other things, then you have to be the advocate for your child because they might not have the vocabulary to express what they're going through, which means that if something happens at school, you have to be there. Best for you, of course, is to talk to the teacher or talk to the kindergarten minder or talk to even the parents to make sure everyone understands that your child needs a different kind of attention or a different kind of approach. And the thing is that, especially with a younger child, you might think, oh, they have no idea what, they, what mm. they want. They're so young, they don't even know what sexuality is. Yes, and it's true for sexual orientation, but you can have an idea of who you have a crush on even before you have actually like genital sexuality. And also, if it's about gender, it can come very, very early. But also, it can change. Yes, some kids who show signs of gender nonconformity in childhood will turn out to be cisgender. Uh, but others are very clearly trans and will be always be trans, and that's who they are. And as a parent, it's to, the best is to listen to your kid yeah. and help them navigate that and, and not push any of the other identity on them. I know it's also something that's widely discussed on the internet, and because I'm a masochist, I read Facebook comments. A lot of people are against the idea of embracing a child's trans identity when they're younger than, say, 16 or 18, because there's this idea that uh, these kids are pushed to take puberty blockers, which is completely ridiculous. Uh, no sane doctor would allow that to happen. If, if the kid is not clearly trans. Exactly. Which, honestly, with some kids, there's no doubt mm. at all. And you are the parents. You know if you pushed something on your kid or not. You know, I say to my clients and in general <laughs> that being queer is a, is a blessing and a curse because, yes, yes, it's more difficult, but also you see life a little bit differently. And so you have maybe access to some things that cis-straight people might need more time to figure out or to be confronted with just a slightly different perspective on things that sometimes is very helpful and gives you some, I don't know, creativity or something. But I think it's in a way an advantage um, because it gives you that dif the difference can be an advantage if you, if you use it in that direction. And I think that parenting a queer kid will be the same thing. Is that yes, it might be more difficult. You might be worried. Your kid is going to face challenges. Let's, let's be honest about it. Mm. And, and it's true that even with, especially with Non gender non-conforming kids, whether they're trans, non-binary, or just non-conforming in their gender expression, it might be especially challenging. And you have to also protect them, give them tools to protect themselves, because you can't change the world in a day. But by doing so, you have a great opportunity of seeing things differently yourself. 
yeah. of understanding yourself. Maybe getting rid, uh, getting rid of some of your own restraints of beliefs that you could, you know, deal with. You could live with them. You could live with those expectations, social expectations. You could live with them, but they were still hurting you. Doing that exercise of deconstructing your your beliefs and trying to really understand and love your kid can really help you also to love yourself better and understand yourself better. I think there are two things that a parent should do, in my opinion, and something that I wish more parents in my country would do is they have to educate themselves in order to educate their child. Because if you come from a country like Ukraine, like Russia, like, I don't know, even the United States with its sex education based around abstinence in a lot of states, your kid won't have the necessary information to be safe and to be healthy, which means that, you know, they will go to school and they will listen to a lecture on how to put a condom on a banana. And that's maybe not the kind of sex that they want to have. Yeah. Practice, you know, nobody tells you that gay sex can be safe and, and sane. You get people who engage in anal sex for the first time, for example, and have no idea what they're doing. And that results in injury and a very unpleasant trip to the ER. And possibly uh, contamination with some virus that you don't want to catch. Exactly. So that kind of education is severely lacking in a lot of countries, which means that if your kid comes home from school clearly confused about what the hell they're going to do with a condom and a banana, you have to be the one to, if not talk to them, then provide them with materials yeah. i understand that that kind of conversation can be really awkward for you. you don't want to hear that from your parents especially but sometimes you don't have a choice because otherwise your kid is going to go online find some porn and think that's the way things are done yeah i think it's very important to either i mean get the information yourself yeah or and then or just direct them towards the right resources because there are two things here and like yes keeping them safe but also lowering the stigma yeah on gay sex or not necessarily gay like any different type of sex that is not like PIV, PIV yeah, <laughs> penis and vagina sex. That there are other ways of doing that, and especially if your kid is trans, the same thing is like so that they can feel as comfortable as they can with their body. Yeah, and so to make later an informed an informed decision about whether or not they want bottom surgery mm. and how how what what they actually want for their body. Mm. So being positive about queer sex, let's call it like that, mm. is really important for safety and for your kids identity construction yeah because they need that to get to lower the internalized stigma also you might also learn a couple of very interesting things yourself by doing so just like with anything else that your kid might be serious about and sexuality and gender identity are very serious things they're not passing fads it's not fashionable to be trans like some people might assume, like it was fashionable to be goth a couple of years ago. Those are very different things. Those are life-changing decisions to come out as such and to a realization like that can change a person's life. So if your kid is passionate about learning more, if your kid decides to create a GSA at their school, or if your kid wants to go to Pride, or if your kid wants to express themselves in a way that perhaps is different to their peers, it's your job to take an interest in it. And it's your job to educate yourself on it. And just express to your kid that you're there for them by showing them that their stuff, whatever they're thinking, whatever they're into, that stuff is valid. Because a lot of the times people are like, okay, well, you can be gay in my house, but you can't talk about it. Yeah. Just don't 
don't like rub my face into it. Yeah, I don't see why you have to make such a big deal out of it. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, part of their identity development, they need to make a big deal out of it. And they can't necessarily do it at school all the time or in other environments. You have to create that environment where they will be able to do it. And yes, at one point, your kid is going to make everything gay or (laughs) queer. Uh, and And it's completely natural because that's how you create a positive identity. Then it just fades away and you, you know, it's just part of you yeah. and your identity. But to become part of you and your identity, you have to be able to express it freely at one point. Yeah. And it may be a little bit over the top, but it's part, of the, it's part of, the, of the process. You're thinking one day at a time. I'm thinking one day at a time. <laughs> that is very, very accurate on that. I think yeah. we need to do an, uh, uh, an episode on, on that show. I would also say that kind of going off of one day at a time as well is that sometimes, you know, your kid might I mean, want to come out to the family. and. I've seen and I've heard and in my own family that has been an issue where someone was told not to come out because, you know, why would you tell that to someone who's really old? You know, why give your grandma a heart attack? She doesn't need to know it. I understand that you might not want to disturb your more elderly or more inflexible family members with your child's sexuality, but at the end of the day, concealment is just as bad. Or sometimes even worse is rejection, because at least, you know, with rejection, you know where you stand. And if you spend, if your kid spends their entire life wondering what would have happened if they had come out to grandma and grandma dies, that's an opportunity lost. Taking, okay, taking another risk to come out is something that to some family members is something that needs to be discussed with your kid. And it has to be their decision, ultimately. Yeah. You can also tell them, okay, you're not coming out now and you make the decision in a couple of years when you'll be more mature. Okay, that works. No, the just don't say now because they will need to. You need to discuss that with them. Mm-hmm. And also, taking the risk of coming out is also taking the taking giving your kid a chance of even if there's a rejection, there might be an understanding later down the road. Yeah. And things are not clear; they will never be clear. Mm. And the, your kid is going to feel bad. And the thing is, if you, as parents, you really support your kid, you give them that acceptance, they'll be able to handle handle rejection from grandma. Oh, I mean, it's going to hurt, of course, and there's a lot of grieving involved, but they can handle it because they have your support. And never, you. never knowing might be much worse. And concealing who you are is very, very hurtful. To uh, paraphrase what you were saying, mm-hmm. yeah, rejection is, you know, it's one time and you know where you're at. Concealment is terrible because it's a never-ending process. And it's insidious. I think at at the end of the day, what we've seen in practice time and time and time again, and what multiple studies on attachment have shown, is that your child learns to interact with the rest of the world through you. And it doesn't just happen when they're a tiny baby, just learning how to see and listen and crawl. It also happens when they're a young child. It also happens when they're a teenager. Because a lot of the times, what we see as home is our parents Hmm. and our our closest relatives, the people who raise us, the people who are around us in the formative years. If you learn in your formative years that the world is a cruel and unaccepting place, that's the way it's going to be for you. And it's going to take years of therapy to correct that line of thinking. And even then, it will be a lot of self-work every time because the kid just won't trust anyone. And that's not a risk that I think a parent should take. And it's, yeah, and I think it's a real difference between 
learning that the the world is a is an unaccepting place and a dangerous place because you don't have the support of your parents and everything seems dangerous. Yeah. And your parents make you feel that it's dangerous. Yeah. It's very different to make you feel to kid understand that yes, not everyone is good in this world and that they will face difficulties and rejection, but they can count on you and they have this place of safety, this safe base with you. Well, they will be accepted. I mean, you can have your flaws and your limitations, but if you're trying to accept them, they will feel it. Yeah. Create that safe base, that safe space for them, and they will be able to to explore the world and accept that the world is not accepting necessarily. Yeah. It's very, very different because there's they are equipped to deal with it. And I would just add that if you come from a country where there are certain religious expectations on what a person should and shouldn't be, I would refer you to listen to our episode on religion with mm-hmm. Katie John Wendt, which explains to some extent how religion can be um, seen through a prism of inclusivity. Mm. And as well as the episode with the uh, rabbi, yes, uh, Marianne van Praag. Yeah, so these two episodes uh, are, I think, important listening material for those who may struggle with, you know, accepting their their child in light of religious beliefs. Ultimately, if you live in a country, if your child lives in a country that is not accepting or perhaps even persecutory of um, queer people then not only is it your job to be accepting, but it is also your job to be a protector. Sometimes that means, you know, telling your kid that maybe not today, maybe don't tell someone because that might actually endanger your life. But physical safety in this case is, of course, top precedence. It's something that will make it very clear. Yeah. Coming out when it's safe is the best option. Yeah. Never take the risk. And as a parent, yes, the role is there. As a guide to help your kid, yeah, uh, see the line between the two, like when it's just a r- effective risk and when it's a like a physical risk. And there was also, on a lighter note, yeah. a couple of very practical things mm-hmm. that comes up when you um, parent a queer kid. Yeah, what do you do for sleepovers? Oh my god. <laughs> well, there's a very interesting article uh, about sleepovers that. We will link to this episode. I just need to find it. Um, I think treat it as any as any other sleepover. I think you know if your kid wants to go out and make out with someone of their own gender or some other gender, they will do it anyway. I hate to break it to you. Um, so if they want to have their friends over or they want to go to over to a friend's house, just make sure that it's safe for them to do so, and make sure that you have a conversation with them. If they are at an age where sexuality is something that's on their mind. And it's, it's about actually creating that environment for them where they will be able to talk with their friends yeah. and say, okay, I have a sleepover, but, you know, I'm not comfortable changing in front of you. Yeah. Um, for that and that reason, always you don't have to explain, but mm. create that, that they can create um, a dialogue and a safe space with their friends so that yeah. they can just... Uh, express that their needs might be a little bit different yeah and it's okay and it's it's the same for the locker room mm-hmm. there will be the problem is <laughs> the locker room behavior and that needs to be discussed about so to if it's possible sometimes have special accommodations find solution with your kid and it's something that is close to what we were saying about sexuality is mm-hmm. also you know talk about i am attracted by the same gender and i'm sharing a locker room with them how do i behave and i think it's where it's very important to uh 
to understand that you don't have to be a sexual predator, predator all the time, and that you can just share a locker room with people without seeing them as sexual beings. Exactly. That unity doesn't necessarily isn't isn't necessarily sexual. Yeah, and there's nothing sexy about gym class anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's not. But I also think in in line with that, and that is something that. I'm surprised a lot of parents who say they are progressive in such matters still neglect to do. If your child says to you that they go by a certain set of pronouns and they go by a certain name, it's not an offense to you. It's not an offense to the name you chose for them when they were born. It's not a personal attack. It's 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 a matter of comfort for your kid. It's not about you. So if your kid says they want to be called something else, let them. And it's, and I, I know, I really understand that there's a lot of grieving associated with that. Mm. Because even if it's just your kid coming out as gay, it's maybe grieving a certain life for them. And it's even more when they say, okay, that my gender that you thought was my gender isn't. Mm-hmm. I'm a different gender and so I'd like a different first name. Um, this is, it's a bit hard to swallow. and. That means that you have to let go of what you thought your child would be, life would be. Um, it's really not easy, but it's doable because also you love your kid, I hope. And out of love, it's very possible. Yeah. Also, you can be part of their process if they let you in. And if you create that comfortable environment, safe environment, they will. I mean, they won't say no to good parental guidance on that. In good parental guidance is I'm someone who actually is there to listen to them. And I would say that if you still struggle with being accepting of your child, there's no shame in it with associated with that grief. Um, then I would encourage people who can who have access to it, then they should seek mental health, um, mental health professional help. Yeah, a specialized mental health. Yeah, for either LGBTQ families or even grief counseling because those things are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe talking to a professional, someone who's not part of the family, someone who's not part mm-hmm. of your friend circle, might be a good idea for you to be able to express all of that grief and all that anger and all the rage. Because to a parent, realizing that they didn't know their child at all is perhaps one of the most hurtful things. And a good mental health professional can help you understand that and accommodate that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and some mental health professionals can also offer like a family. Uh, not necessarily therapy there, but mediation. support, mediation, yeah. when you can just talk all of you about what you feel with a mediator or someone who can understand. I would recommend looking for someone who's queer friendly. Don't have any bad surprises on that because there are some pretty uh, nasty things out there. Um, so there are registry for that uh, to find therapies that will be uh, queer friendly or you can, you know, you'll find them online. Yeah. Um, so that they can help you navigate all of that. Also, local LGBTQ uh, organization might have that kind of service. It's not maybe not a professional, but someone who can mediate a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes talking to a fellow parent of a queer child is also a really good idea. Like peer-to-peer services in that sense are really, really good. And if you still have questions about accepting a queer child, you can always write to us. Yeah. (laughs) We'll be happy to answer your questions. And we do offer those services at our... (laughs) practice <laughs> in the netherlands though or on skype yeah well in any case we will leave, leave all the links 
that you may want to explore. Also the links to our practice if you feel like you need to talk to one of us about what's happening in your family. Just remember there's no shame in, you know, digging your heels in a little bit and feeling inadequate when it comes to going through such a big process. And it is a big process. It's not just coming out is not just a big process for your child. It's also a big process for you and for your, the rest of your family. And it's important to be able to go through that experience properly so as not to experience years of regret afterwards. Yeah. And if it didn't go, it didn't start well because your first reaction wasn't the best, which happens. It's really very understandable, uh, given the context for most people, that the first reaction might not be the best, but you can still do something about it. Yeah. Well, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to email us or tweet at us. And we will talk to you next week when we will actually be talking to an LGBTQ parent. So um, till next week and uh, goodbye. Bye.